You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hello, Riverdale gang. Welcome back to the Critical Commentary Watch Long Podcast, the uh, Riverdale gang. <laughs> uh, recorded usually on the unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh Nations. Uh, today, both me and guest host Channing are coming at you from uh, Treaty 8 territory. Uh, yeah, I'm visiting family. Channing is unfortunately not sitting next to me because illnesses. Yay, plague times. Yay, plague time. But we're only like 100 kilometers apart instead of 2,000. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it's so nice to be so close to you, friend. <laughs> yeah, proximity, totally feel it. It's like when Chloe and I did a lot of recording from across the street during plague. Yeah. Whatever um, works. Indeed. Uh, we are together with with you, listener gang. And um, entering the multiverse, I think. Exciting times. Um, yeah, we get the, the snippet there, the, the uh, flashing neon signs between Riverdale and Rivervale. What is yeah, coming? Yeah, 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 the world is blurring. Um, I haven't seen the new Doctor Strange. Are you at all familiar? Not terribly, no. A little bit cool, in the... Cool. the the universe of that, but not, not terribly. Yeah. Marvel's been doing, doing this wild new directional builds for their, their whole empire. Um, they've been teasing and building this multiverse, this idea of the, the, there are many universes and many different versions. They've been leaning into that as sort of the, um, the core conflict building for several for for several years now for several shows since WandaVision it was introduced it was built up in Loki like they've really spent 30 or 40 hours of screen time assembling and introducing this concept from a dozen different directions which I find so interesting because they are introducing a very sci-fi concept one that I think Classically, people love to chew on, love to dig in, love to um, play with, but also classically a little bit confusing and a little bit niche for a casual comic comic movie viewing. Um, you could drop into pretty much any of the, the round one, round two Marvel movies and follow. I don't know that that's the case, but I think they have... I think it might be because of how many ways they've come around to this is the multiverse. This is what a multiverse is. This is the, all the different layers of the universe. Here's different versions of everyone. It's, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's zeitgeisty. And I think Riverdale is, is riding that, um, that vibe. Yes. And, um, and it's it's a concept though that I think has even been explored by Riverdale before, um, back mm -hmm, in the mm -hmm. the Archie comics. I mean, we had Memory Lane, yes. I think it was, where uh, you know mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm. Archie would wander down two paths and see two futures. Um, you know, op oftentimes you know debating the uh, is it does he end up with Betty? Does he end up with Veronica? Um, but th it's certainly something that I think has been explored a multitude of times and. Mm -hmm. uh, and all we always comes comes back with, if I remember correctly, we come back with just a a vague mm -hmm. sense of understanding, a vague recollection of these two futures that he's visited. Um, and then yet always we end in, you know, Riverdale High in high school times and, uh, and mm -hmm. just not quite, not quite recalling um, those distant futures that we're perhaps looking at right now. Right. There's no real, um, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's always, it was just a dream return to baseline because that's part of the, um, the everything world of Riverdale. We're always going to return to baseline to some degree. I think. Yeah. I actually do think though, that there were a few times where it wasn't a dream. Um, I actually mm -hmm. seem to recall, if I remember correctly, there were, um, some, specific books dedicated to um exploring that memory lane com concept 
Um, mm. I think that was the name of it, Memory Lane, perhaps. Um, I didn't look it up before this. But I do. I, I think that, you know, yes, they're definitely tying into, as Riverdale always does, the things that are happening now. I mean, we we touched on we've been going into the unions. We almost touched a little bit on medically medical assistance in dying um, mm-hmm. this round. We definitely like to keep Riverdale likes to keep with uh, we keep with the times. But I do think it's a device that's been used um, in the world of Riverdale. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. dating back years uh, but who doesn't wonder i mean who doesn't wonder what <laughs> what a parallel universe how parallel you know what what if i was slightly different what if i made a different choice the what ifs of it um it can be a really fun thought experiment i'm really excited for archie to realize he that all of his friends were cool with sacrificing him <laughs> i i just want archie to encounter that world and have a scandalized look at everyone Especially Betty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that yeah, one in particular. <laughs> um, okay, so we have a hiatus next week as well. So this is a, this is a, a little cliffhanger. This is a little pause. Um, this is a, a beat they're leaving us on for more than a week. Um, this last moment of ominous threat to the baby... The threat to the baby in what world, um, what world do we land in next? We see River DeVale. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm curious what River Valian Percival is like, or if he exists in River Vale. And if not, that means something, too. Did he? He didn't exist in River Vale yet. We never met him. Yeah, we, we've never seen him in Riverdale. But is he even of this plane? Yeah, exactly. What, you know, what do what is this plane? You know, we're talking about parallel universes, um, and yet it, it's it's as if, you know, he is the devil itself. And, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. what, where where does that factor into? Are there parallel heavens and hells? And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, very curious to see where, how he lands in all of this. Also, if he is the devil, there's a different version of the devil who has dealt with Veronica very recently, who has an agreement, if you will, with a version of Veronica. There's a version of Veronica that's owned by the devil in Rivervale. Right. Yeah. So if he is the the uber devil, the unifying the unifying devil, um that's relevant that there are Veronica's in his pocket. Um, I have also another theory that I want to spitball out there. Um, I think Heather might be Sabrina. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Tell me more what you mean by might be Sabrina. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so Heather swept in with this wonderful witchly entrance at the gate not unlike how Sabrina swept in as an old friend to uh, help one of the Rivervale um, Cheryls with her Abigail magic. Um, Heather is now taking the position as Cheryl's magical teacher and seems to be knowingly and directly engaging in the Percival, Percival game without really letting on to Cheryl that she is playing her own game. There's definitely something going on with Heather. She's a little too in the know and she's real powerful. She knew about, oh yeah, this is this is the Magic Magic book. This is the Magic 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 Rare book and Ghost Train. Um, the level of map power mastery that they're giving her, I feel like would make sense as a reveal. And it would make sense as a, um, how quickly and intimately they dropped this character in and let her fill space and, and utilized her for three, four episodes hard. Um, I just feel like it could work. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I wouldn't so be you surprised. Think, you think Sorry. that this might be the parallel universe, Heather, like the, the Riverdale universe. Sorry, the Riverdale universe. Yeah. Sabrina. Yes, basically. Yeah. Whether or not um, it's. Yeah. Interesting. There's no precedent for, I mean, of course, you know, assuming she is a witch, she has powers mm-hmm. to manipulate her, her, her appearance, um, but there's mm-hmm, no precedent mm-hmm. for 
the changing of a character's name, like directly or, uh, you know, appearance from universe to universe. So Mm -hmm. that seems interesting as well as, I mean, this is a ruse that would have had to have started when Cheryl was a young girl because Heather existed in, Heather existed as a Cheryl's, you know, first love. Um, So Sabrina would have had to have knowledge of that or would have had to have been in disguise at such a time, you know, um, which isn't to say, you know, hey, um, if you, that's a, a a way for you to explore your uh, sexuality as a teenager, I suppose. Create a fake self. Yeah. Uh, you know, then I guess, hey, the, that um, would that's be, a twist. Yeah, it's not a first. <laughs> not a first indeed. So I, I'd be curious, though, because I, yeah. I wonder how we we I like your theory. I just wonder how it. um how does that work with the yeah. Heather of, of Cheryl's youth? I like your theory, but does it work? <laughs> yes. It doesn't have uh, to work. I mean, yeah. it's Riverdale, Rivervale. Like, it yeah. doesn't necessarily have to work. Um, I mean, Veronica's a dialysis machine. It does not have to work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, there's uh, two other things that pinged at me that I'm watching through four again is... Um, Moose's role in this whole thing is weird. You is predicted weird? it, though. You you did say uh, we were when we were talking last week uh, that if anybody was going to bring Kevin, maybe over to the good side, maybe that's where where uh, to the to away from Percival. Maybe it would be mm-hmm. uh, Moose's character. You know, would talk yeah. some sense into him, and and here we see that this episode. So you did nail that one. I think what fascinates me is that Tony comes in and punches Kevin in the face repeatedly and Moose is still in silence. Like, remember who Moose Mason is in in the original comic? He beats people up for looking at his girlfriend, Midge. So now you're in love with Kevin and and then he's there with Percival at the end. Like, he's, he's Kevin's other shoulder angel, clearly. But I'm just baffled by... Moose no longer being a person in how he's playing it. Like he is, he is Kevin's team member. It's it's interesting to me. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, We should watch this continue to continue to unfold, but you did call us so far. So, um, yeah, not the worst person to have on your, your right hand shoulder. Yeah. Maybe. Savable. And I'm, he's one of the only, Riverdale people so far who maybe hasn't murdered anyone. Oh, well, I mean, if we, do we count alternate universes? <laughs> who, who did, who did Moose murder again? No, he didn't murder anyone that I, that I know of. His yeah, dad was, so. his dad was the fake gargoyle king. So <laughs> that's a complicated thing, but that's not on him. No, that's, that's not <laughs> on him at all. I mean, his dad was the fake gargoyle king because homophobia. Um, no, right. that, that's that's not on him at all. <laughs> um, the other thing that I want that I'm excited to, to review again is is this episode's Tony. Um, she very very quickly progresses this episode. I thought I think in her plot line, and I I feel like I now have a, a sense of where she is or what where her story's going. Uh, not surprised like. Not in any surprising fresh new revelation way, but I enjoyed sitting with her for it. These episodes, as as we discuss her respectability politics and identity and gang identity and all sorts of this stuff, um, and as Baby Anthony becomes real important, mythically. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, she definitely played it well. It was uh. Mm we we can see the the panic of a mother who is you know worried about her her child like we really get yeah. that and uh and just the lengths that she's she's willing to do anything to make sure that baby anthony is okay and with her mm-hmm. um so that it it's it feels very real feels very true so let's 
let's yeah. see what's in store for Tony and baby Anthony. And I'm with you. I'm, I'm excited for Tony powers. So let's <laughs> hopefully okay. we see this soon. Agreed. I so clearly La Llorona connection. So clearly, so clearly threaten the baby, get superpowers. Um, okay, gang, queuing up your episodes. If you are a watch long type with us, uh, to the Netflix Badoom in three, two, one. Doomba. And you know, I don't hate the sound nearly as much in good quality headphones. Um, okay, here we go. I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on anything to say about this intro because it's just a straight Jughead tells us what story we're in. Um, mucking around beautifully with the like the dark reality of union busting that your good your 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 increased wage won't even last your first paycheck mm-hmm. it's heavy-handed but um this is honestly maybe just stories that a lot of people have never don't get taught right now <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it definitely sounds like something straight out of mm-hmm. a John Oliver clip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I know, like, I, I inherited a lot of anti-union sentiment from from older family members who were effectively propaganded in the 70s and 80s and, and early 90s. Um, it's interesting to me, it's, and it's nice to me to see this intergenerational union, uh, union tradesperson discussion. Um now valuing and, and loving the value of, of unions in this time of messed up uh, labor everything. Um, I, like, if I, if I wasn't familiar with this story, if I wasn't, like, gung-ho for the Appalachian minor history, this is blunt, but would it actually be introducing me to some things? Because they, they are very confident in what they state the world to be and how they state these things to be. It's mm-hmm. interesting. Oh, Cheryl. Yeah. She she's wonderfully genre savvy now. <laughs> and this this connection is interesting. I'm I'm curious to see more about uh the connection between Percival mm. and Cheryl and their families. Yes. Um, More ridiculous history. And not just teaching Fangs for the first time what anti-unionists sound like when they're not being listened to. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like that Archie, Tabitha, and Cheryl seem to be the 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 the, the, the team leaders. Mm-hmm. Yes, also. Well, Cheryl doesn't care about the union. But there's the superhero <laughs> teamsters. It's true. It's true. They do seem to have connected in that way. It's it's an odd pairing. Mm-hmm. It's not one that we've... It's, I yeah. don't think this is a group that we've seen together before at all. Um, no, but I like it, it. We see a lot of interesting pairings um, mm-hmm. the last couple of episodes. You know, we've got Jughead and mm-hmm. Veronica. Um Yes. I say a lot of, and then I blank immediately, but <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like we've seen a few. Um, now, bringing up the absinthe, now that was an yeah. interesting twist. A uh, little bit of a throwback in my mind, but still quite interesting. And then to see how quickly Veronica latches on to, ooh, a new drug I can peddle that might be able to be legal. <laughs> yes, so when please. She's talking about detoxifying the wormwood. All I, could, I was thinking about the um, Servil digested coffee beans. So there's a there's types of coffee beans that are eaten by certain cats and then collected out of their poop. And after the processing of the digestive enzymes of these certain cats, the coffee's apparently real good. And that's 100% where I thought Veronica was going with Wormwood. I thought she was going <laughs> to... I was real worried for a moment that we were, were selling Veronica pee. They oh, wouldn't, <laughs> but that's really where I was worried for just a second. 
Oh, gosh. Yeah, that would have been worth it just for the shock factor. <laughs> You're doing what now? <laughs> what would that... Oh. What would that throne look like for Veronica? (laughs) (laughs) So Moose is consistently really cool and collected. Moose is not, doesn't seem to be acting on behalf of Moose in all of these scenes. Like, I feel like Moose is specifically Kevin's guardian angel in practice here. In, in framing, in how he is acting just yeah i was surprised by this sorry um i was surprised by charles i was real surprised by his return um yeah 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 did not see that coming nicely out of left fields and the last time we saw him was figment charles singing in the next normal episode right right which yes which was, in fact, a stunt singer. That was not, unfortunately, Charles and Polly actually singing. But they lip-synced real good. It's good that they recognize that Frank really only works as an evil minion. He has been consistent in that way. He, he, he definitely... He seems to antagonize just about anything he gets involved in. So he's, um, he's useful for he's that. He's very consistent to that. <laughs> yeah. I'm enjoying snarky Tabitha a great deal. And then we see Percival inside Reggie's head. And he uses Jughead's metaphoric infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting he knows exactly which comic to go to. <laughs> Yeah. Find a missing page so quickly. Well done. <laughs> yep. Uh, and I just gotta say, like at working at a library, I only wish it were so simple. It's like <laughs> I need to find the one missing page in this giant box of books. <laughs> oh, I know it's that one. <laughs> I want your superpower, not the one that you're thinking, but that one specifically. <laughs> I so the visual of the ripped comic book page I kind of loved that like I, I I don't know why but that specific shot of the the remains of the comic book frame the little fragments such a good visual for for memory mm-hmm. like I really loved it as a visual metaphor mm-hmm. as you were saying when we were talking pre-show Reggie's totem is dummy. Yes, it's a little <laughs> on the nose. <laughs> Reggie is a dummy here. He's a talking piece. He is a dummy. Mm-hmm. And he's always yeah. he, he's been very good at that for Hiram Lodge and Veronica Lodge and other such people. Absolutely. No, he's this is this is who he is. Uh, it's just a little mm-hmm. on the nose that they they yeah. give him a, a dummy and. Uh, <laughs> And the ability to throw his voice and, and you know, that mm-hmm. that in itself, you know, to be able to speak to both sides and, and be devious in that way. It's just very true to the Reginald yes. character. Yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic choice of powers to give him. And, like, mm-hmm. a singular low-level superpower. Which, um, mm-hmm. something that um, jumped out at me this episode, I, I love that the characters are not using their... their they're big powers for everything. Like, Cheryl's pyromancy is not how she's solving any problems at the moment. Um, you know, Jughead is deep in Jughead power, but everyone else is solving things like normal spunky humans. And even, you know, Veronica and Betty, they're, they're coming up with things to use their powers, or they're using new, less powers, like detoxifying absinthe. Like, I like that we're... It's like they've all got a superhero skill set that's more than just a single thing. They're not they're not one note on off superheroes. They're actually diversified, powerful characters. Right, right. Like really remembering that Veronica was was the crime boss before she had any superpowers, and that was you know in in the comic book scale she was still a, she was a player already. Right. Yeah. 
<laughs> this was an interesting conversation. I liked how friendly this was. You know? It's very human um, for these two characters, you know, to be talking about something so small. Well, not small, but so, you know, the people that they care about and and yes. uh, and trying to form a connection after everything that they've been through together. I mean, it's hard to say that as together. I mean, between the two of yeah. them, everything yeah. they've been through to see them trying to create some sort of a connection is. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. Very nice to see. It's um, when we last saw Chick, you know, the, the Chick season, or sorry, sorry, Charles season, he was the, the plotting secret sneaky guy in the background. Then we time jumped. He was in jail. We saw him once doing a holdup. Um, it's, it's interesting how his positionality has changed as the genres changed. Like he mm -hmm. was a mysterious big bad until we switched genre and then he didn't fit. Mm -hmm. Um, but now we have a live Charles, live and free Charles potentially because, uh, Shankshaw thinks he's dead, right? No, I think they said that they released him because mm -hmm. of overcrowding or something. So they think he's going to die. Yes. Uh, who oh. knows if they would come back and verify that, but. Exactly. Um. <laughs> and he's an FBI trained and, serial killer. So. <laughs> yeah. Of all the people that, you know, they would just be like, yeah, we're going to give you a compassionate release. You can't get up to any sort of trouble. <laughs> the uh, FBI trained serial killer. Absolutely. Great choice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. This is cute flirting. Slightly different topic. This is cute flirting, Cheryl and Heather. I really like their chemistry. Agreed. We got a young and excited Cheryl. It's it's such a delight when Cheryl's discovering things. <laughs> I also love that this was interesting enough to pause Cheryl's uh, to to interrupt Cheryl for a moment. Like, Cheryl decides that I'll get you your book. That's okay. That's specialized. That's a me question. That's just, that's, <laughs> you had to come to me. I understand. <laughs> uh, I appreciate her. I appreciate thinking of her as the, the future librarian um, of Riverdale. Ooh. Yes. Dark future <laughs> <Not> librarian. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, she might become the mistress of the great secret library of Riverdale, is what, I, is what we're building towards here. Um, I don't know that Cheryl's collection should be in a public library. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Riverdale. So we have a lot of tight, intense conversations. Auction Percival. Huh. Uh, it's, it's interesting that they introduced the, um, the ridiculousness of the ghost train as they introduced the ghost train, and they're sitting with how ridiculous it is. And I think they're slow boiling us like lobsters into this ghost train being a thing. And then when they actually start to explain the ghost train, it's going to be nuts. It's going to make no sense, but we're going to roll with it because we've been slow boiled. It seems fair. Um, I mean, there are certainly other other shows that have had ghost trains and the like before. Um, the concept <laughs> is not new. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, we'll buy anything at this point, though, out of this show, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have great freedom. Very, like... I mean, goodness, I mean, you say the ghost train is ridiculous. I mean, we're talking about a biker group trying to rebrand themselves as a political activist group. And, <laughs> and uh, just, I wish them luck with that. I hope that they're successful. Um, also, the concept that the idea that by rebranding as a social activist group, you will, you will be any less judged by the law system. Yes. Yes. Like, honestly, if you start organizing too much, you're going to get more problems. 
Yes, absolutely. You are much more dangerous as a social movement that, uh, than you are as an as a isolated biker gang. Now, as someone who is about to get married, I kind of enjoyed the comparison between marriage and gangs right here. <laughs> <laughs> the family. Really did. It's like, oh yeah, okay, we're making a gang. I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It worked on a micro, on a smaller character level, I think, in pointing out that Tony was trying to build something that she was al- she was already trying to distance herself from. Right. Like, yes. like it did work. It pulled the little the, the hypocrisy in Tony's fear right now. It let I think it mm-hmm. brought that to her. This heckling is. I was actually confused at first. <laughs> I forgot he had a dummy. Ah, I forgot yes. what he was supposed to be doing. Um, this is a great mental jughead, Dorf. <laughs> I love yes. this imagery. The like, it's, such a, it's a throwback to the teenage years, right? Like the, you know, this means you, mom, stay out of my bedroom. Like just, you know, put up a little sign and uh, yeah. all the keep out. It, it's lovely. Um, yeah. 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 So much. Oh, that was, um, so there's Tabitha, was that his dad? Was that FP? I think so, yes. The photo? Yeah, yeah. His, perhaps his totems, the things that he's trying to anchor himself to. Yee. The grounding stuff. Hmm. I knew it was going to be the power of, the power of a hat. (laughs) (laughs) That time capsule is, um, that's a nice little plot point for them to remember they have. How many seasons yes. ago was that? That was the Two? second season? Is that the, no, third season. Third, maybe? Third, yeah. So, many. <laughs> nope, second. Not sure, actually. Uh, but, uh, yeah, good that they remembered it. I was a little curious if it was going to work because it's not the original Beanie. Um, mm-hmm. That Beanie was burned um, <laughs> when um, Betty hit Jughead with the rock and, you know... Uh, yes. Enlisted the help of Archie and Veronica, and they had that uh, that uh, fire that was, you know, that we got this the sneak shot to in advance of Jughead's beanie being burned uh, at the end of I think it was season two. Yes, the How to Get Away with Murder season. Yes. Yeah. 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 Wasn't that three? That was three. The Gang War season two. F- FP's uh, My Son, My Son was season two. Right. Right. <laughs> Jughead wasn't in the fancy school yet. <sighs> I like what we get of Betty a lot in this episode. I'm not I'm not sure what it is about that's different, but the we're we're with her in a in a, in a different set of vulnerability with Charles. We're like definitely she, getting a very caring Betty. Yeah. And she talked, like, the fact that she can talk to Charles as fluidly as she can talk to um, Agent Drake in a lot of ways in figuring st- this stuff out. Like, he's, he's an expert mentor to her in the serial killer mm-hmm. ring. He was her mentor, though. Um, so I and guess in some ways it's a f- fitting back into that. Um, yes. Despite all of the uh, the trauma that they've been through that he's yes. caused. That's a good point. That's a very good point. And I think that's that's a very true to life thing that it's often, you know, pre-existing relationships can hold out despite some real wildlife circumstances and changes mm-hmm. for just who do you talk casually to? What can you talk casually about? I liked this Betty growth a lot, especially after last episode's heavy power focus. Mm-hmm. This was so all about her. And, you know, I really appreciate, I don't think we just saw it, but when it comes back and, and he's talking about having released the, the who talks about it being a mercy kill. She, or she mm-hmm. talks about mm-hmm. Caramel being a mercy kill versus, um, yeah. you know, what he did with the possum that again, she's yeah. calling these people, these abusers on, the things yes. that they do she's calling them on it and not internalizing it somehow like she's she's noticing the differences like she did with her mother mm-hmm. um and i'm not sure again if yes. that's because of her ability to see the auras so she knows what they're doing she knows she can mm-hmm. see the gaslighting um but it's a uh, 
it, it is nice to see that growth. I also think it's maybe a bit of a, this is life in your mid twenties. Um, these convincing manipulative arguments that shaped your adolescence suddenly don't hold as much water sometimes when you see them True. with fresh, dull eyes. I liked this. And I like that. I, I like that again. Cheryl's power is a spell, learning a spell, witchcraft. It's great. Yeah. It's definitely counter to her character and perhaps shows some growth, though, that her power mm. is invisibility. I mean, Cheryl demands mm. to be seen. So yes. the, the idea that she would allow herself to be unseen is interesting mm. in itself. You know, she also is not one to hold her breath either. She says what yes. she needs to say. So we see uh, uh, a confluence of things that are very contrary to Cheryl, you know, coming out as a superpower. In this. It's a very, very good point. I like that Cheryl and Heather are going toe to toe with Percival for some reason. In the in the scaling everyone's everyone's power, I, I like that. It tells me something about how confident Heather is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems and appropriate con considering the the building up of this uh, this confluence between um, the Blossoms and the Pickens families mm. once upon a time. So it, yeah. it, it makes sense that we're bringing these two um, co-conspirators slash arch rival families together yes. again. Um, yeah. So there's some nice symmetry in that. I love the I love the the strategic play of like the capture the flag teams they're doing. Mm -hmm. It's uh, this. Um, I'm curious if we're going to get back to this because, or is this just a way to introduce her ability to save Charles' life? I doubt we. <laughs> I doubt we will drop this because Veronica doesn't drop things. The writers might, but Veronica won't. But yeah, I can't like, wait how... for the next episode when the the entire superhero crew is tripping on absinthe that Veronica <laughs> ran through her own dialysis. And that's how they get over to the parallel universe because, you know, absinthe, right? Um, Fantastic idea. I like it. I like it. All the wormwood. Ugh. So Archie serves again as a, a steady ba steady balancing foil for Betty, and that's a nice emotional rock in the relationship. Like, I like that however much is broken for him and for them separately, the relationship's doing pretty good. good <laughs> I like that she, so she brought a different pillow into the room. She didn't take one yeah. of the pillows from his bed. <laughs> she brings a completely different pillow just so we can get that shot. Like, just to, just to, to put that out there, right? And yes. then, like I said, you know, I think maybe, Betty, if you're going to move out of your mom's place to get some distance from the, the turmoil of your family, you need to pick a place where the bedroom doesn't face your childhood bedroom. That's yep. all I'm going to say. <laughs> yep. So Tony, Tony rips into fangs for doing what she's just about to do. Right. Um, I like in Tony and fangs how much there is, um, I think knowingly, willingly, a lacing of their in, their own insecurities and worries into each other and in, like back on each other. Like, like Betty, and, Betty and Archie are doing great. Fangs and Tony are having a real interesting self-discovery through relationship conflict conversation right now. Mm-hmm. Betty's not wrong. But... Also, assisted suicide is very complicated. True. True. Heather's and so not smart. usually done with a pillow walking across the room, just to be clear, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's, it's just occurred to me, we, I want... They'd have to. They'd have to establish state law if we ever talked about that. We're, I don't think Riverdale's going to go into this as a suicide conversation. But I was just thinking, like that's a state law level thing. They can't really talk about that without, without establishing a state. That is to some true. Some degree. We talked about true. the governor. 
But we've never talked in specifics. True. I'm just... We're, we're maybe just a little too primed to think about state law this month. Could be. It could America. be. That said, I mean, we've definitely seen it before where the uh, the mayors of Riverdale have some pretty extraordinary powers. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, this could be something <laughs> that is at the discretion of uh, Percival and... Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh. <sighs> this is not an unheard of trope. I... I I'm intrigued by how much we're finding about about the, the baby Anthony's conception and birth and the life they had before that they've trickled out in the last two seasons mm-hmm. in the background. Like, prove to me that you're not actually treating Tony and Kevin as main characters mm-hmm. even more. But aside. Hmm. I'm curious why he makes this offer. Oh, right, it's a threat. Yeah, right. It's passing on threat. That's it. Also a real classic union busting move. Yeah, yeah. Trying to get somebody else to uh, internalize the blame of something that you did um, Mm -hmm. to demoralize and cut down the uh, Mm -hmm. opposition. And the straight extortion. The straight, your people will die if you don't. (laughs) And it really is life and death, especially in, mi- in mining and construction. Labor laws are very, very life or death. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not a joke <laughs> of this. I love it. <laughs> and the things... They explained this to Alice, I wonder, in some way. Hey, Veronica fixed her. What? <laughs> <laughs> Just so many things we just aren't going to bother explaining. Um, so interesting. Nothing of this. So the letter, the letter, the union busting letter that Cheryl pulls out. Shocking stuff. None of that was shocking to me. I assume none of that was shocking to you. Is that supposed to be shocking? It's not supposed to be shocking. I think it's just supposed to give us some material to Mm -hmm. go against Percival with, but it's, it, I, in mm-hmm. the same way that, you know, it's not really fair to hold Percival to what his uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. great-grandfather said in a letter in 1949. Mm-hmm. Um, but it works. Everybody seems to be buying it. So it doesn't it doesn't make sense. But yes, like it doesn't make sense to me that Fangs is like, oh, my gosh, did his ancestor actually write that? Um, I feel like there's a heavy-handed civics lesson being jammed on top. Mm-hmm. And I maybe it's needed. I guess it's needed. But are He's we... wearing the serpent's yeah. jacket, too. He is. I just caught that this time. He's, Sorry. He's layering himself in. Mm-hmm. And looking very juggy. Boom. This... I, I, was, I was delighted by this effect. This was... The very, very clever um, back-and-forth conflicts. Like, we're seeing clever strategies battered back-and-forth, not just power move, power move, power move, power move. Mm-hmm. They are they're, they're carefully it's maneuvering building. around each other. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's something that's building. It's not just a... It's not a quick, you know, this happened, like, you know, A leads to B leads to C, but we've got a mm-hmm, few different mm-hmm, pieces mm-hmm. in play. Um. Like, for instance, is is it possible that in receiving dialysis that Charles could end up with some of Veronica's superpower? A serial killer with poisoning powers. Well, that'd be great. <laughs> entirely possible, right? It mm-hmm. is entirely possible. If not trope. What about, mm-hmm. what about everybody who drinks this forthcoming absinthe? <laughs> <laughs> Also exciting. Welcome back, Britta. <laughs> in your brief, safe moments, stuck in the middle of a real awkward custody conflict. I mean, presumably... Yeah, I guess how do you explain to the teenager that there's a custody battle? But, uh, yeah. 
I guess Kevin visiting wouldn't normally even be be such a fear if they weren't hunting for DNA and having that specific bite. I would say an unannounced visit in the midst of a custody battle is, you know, possibly... Yeah. Um, Sketch? Just a little bit. Uh, you know, you're wondering... Um, Baby Anthony's already gone missing before. Or was that in this? That was, was that Rivervale. In, that was Rivervale. That's yep. right. That episode hmm. that was just everything goes bad. And we see what happens when Tony is backed into a corner. She becomes a death dark, a dark death god and takes on, takes on the spirit of the, the, the drowned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we are no wonderfully lovingly what Tony's, capable of doing with this build like very clever of them i i really think clever to to establish that arc for tony and then double back and and then repeat that arc in slow trickling bits Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, just mm, fabulous foreshadowing trick god agent drake rolls with things (laughs) yeah very reminds me very much of uh, Agent Reyes from the F from the X Files. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do, do you want to not die? Fair question. Fair and complicated question. I'm cu- I'm curious what agenda Chick has, if any. Like Charles. Or, or yes. Charles, Charles, yes. Or if this is a thing that has actually happened to Charles. Just everything has been a lie with Charles, right? Every every chick, every Charles, everything has been some fake outbeat. See, Moose just sits down. Moose sits back down and watches this. But Moose yeah. has never been the uh he's never yeah. been the trope of Moose as he was in the comic books in yes, yes. Riverdale. Um, and, you, you know, that might be shocking. Moose has not, mm-hmm. I mean, he's been through a lot, but he has not been through everything that mm-hmm, the rest mm-hmm, of Riverdale mm-hmm. has gone through. He's been gone for quite some time. So um, I think perhaps, you know, just sitting sitting back and watching things unfold um, yeah. might be a perfectly um, realistic response right. to uh you know, oh my goodness, there's, <laughs> there's yes. speeding going on in front of me. Suddenly you know, back in Riverdale. Freeze and we're freezing. Fair, 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 fair. And also, Tony could take him. I'm pretty confident <laughs> Tony could take him. <laughs> oh. Tabitha is the leader. Tabitha is yeah. such. Tabitha's the mouth. Archie's the heart. Tabitha's the brain. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. I think it's it's smart of them to partner up Archie and Tabitha, as far as establishing and and confirming her profile in this world. You know, she's mm-hmm. the she's the least established of the cast, in so many mm-hmm. ways. Mm-hmm. No, she's definitely taken on a a very big role in the time Mm -hmm. that she's been with Riverdale. Mm -hmm. But, you know, this all makes sense because Pops is so central. Um, And Pop has only ever Mm -hmm. been, he's not of the generation. He's not so involved. He's always been on the sidelines as a character. And so to really bring um, the heart of Pops to life, you know, to bring, to -hmm. bring in a new manager, a new owner, um, Mm -hmm. it makes sense. It really worked. It was a very clever choice for building a, a core lead cast character. I don't think Tabitha exists in the comics. I've never encountered or heard about her. Tony Topaz was a fairly recent comic book creation. You know, she existed in the comics before Riverdale. I don't know about Tabitha. I would be shocked if she doesn't exist in the comics now. <laughs> very fair. Yeah. No, um, I'm not familiar with her either. Nor am I familiar hmm. with Heather. Yeah. Um, we really threw Minerva away, huh? We did. We we, did. we misplaced a 
uh, well, there was an opportunity there. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to enjoy that Minerva, Minerva and e- Evelyn Evernever have both been established and both tossed away and are both off screen. Mm-hmm. And they're just own little fanfic, mm-hmm. finding their best lives away from Cheryl. Yeah, this, I really liked this beat of like, this, 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 yeah, I know, I did it, okay. There's a, there's a you were right beat to this, there's conciliatory beats to this. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see Tony going back to, like, acknowledge, like, basically acknowledging mm-hmm. that, uh, acknowledging her... Help me, I'm looking for the word here. Her, uh, the fact that her actions have been very much contrary to her, her true feelings, her true thoughts, her, um, mm, the hypocrisies. Yes. Hypocrisies. Thank you. Um, it's, it's nice to see her. Um, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's nice to see them and to see this the way that the uh, the atmosphere changes, how much warmer it is, even in a choice of color mm-hmm. um, yes. and lighting. You know, yes. in this, like once we have the right reasons for everything, yes, we'll get married. Once you know, once yes. we're we're on the same page again. Even like you kept talking about all those shots of mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. in those those very um, uh, the cinematography in the last few episodes and in, yeah. in that scene in particular. You know, we don't get that. We get very much a unification of the two. Yes, they're brought together. They're together in the shot. Very, very, very much. Um, okay, there's a big plot point being dropped about baby Anthony is apparently the key or something. Or the next target. Which presumably is going to be how Kevin is get. Right? Because mm-hmm. Kevin's going to choose the baby. And uh, with Moose's help. Mm-hmm. And Interesting uh, to see Moose literally to the right yeah. of his shoulder there. Um, very, mm-hmm. very much the little conscience Jiminy Cricket we've got going on with Moose. Completely and visually and entirely. <sighs> um, before we move on too far, Tony and Fang's relationship, weirdly, I really liked them as family. I don't think they have any romantic chemistry, but they are, they're so very much family. And that is very nice. Like, I Mm -hmm. wish we could, I wish we could circle back to that and get over this bad idea marriage. I hope we do. Because they really are like grown up to, grew up together type family in a really sweet way. Like their their talks are in many ways more mature than any of the other couples. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm, we could easily forget a marriage. <laughs> Riverdale can abandon that a hundred percent. That could happen. Yeah. Wouldn't put it past them. Wouldn't be shocked. Hmm. So this end note, he's, he's working with her now, isn't he? Because this is Charles idea. The serial killer convention. So <laughs> he's working with her. Sure, yes. It's Charles' mm-hmm. idea to bring together a whole bunch of potential serial killers. Yes, I'm mm-hmm. sure that that is him working together with <laughs> Betty, and not just a way to be like, "Hey, I need a new boyfriend." And my last one, I haven't been able to see him in like two years. <laughs> oh, fabulous. <laughs> I think we might have fun, guys. Definitely brings me to, I think, a line in, uh, you know, I can't even remember if it's an actual said line or if it's just something that Dexter thinks in mm-hmm, the, uh, mm-hmm. the last season of Dexter about, you know, but there aren't exactly serial killer conventions. And and, uh, <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's, um, yeah. there's a fantastic uh, comic by Neil Gaiman. Uh, it, it's uh, an episode in, in the comic series, The Sandman. Fantastic groundbreaking epic from the early 90s um and it's set in serial killer convention in, in uh, the story is um a um 
uh, a thriller writer is invited as a special guest to a convention that he thinks is about book fans, but it is an actual serial killer convention. And he is forced to join them by killing someone to be initiated. And it's a lovely little horror story. But um, thinking of, yeah, thinking of media reference points for serial killer conventions, that, that, that exists. Yep. I'm looking, I'm going to re- reread that before next, before the next two weeks, I think. Mm-hmm. I love this scene also. B&B. <laughs> yep. When I got mentioned, this... <laughs> <laughs> I oh, like now... that this is, yeah, this is two friends with very different lives and very different things going on, comparing notes about their very, very weird activities. And like, I love it. It feels like an, a grown up friendship now. They got big stuff going on. Yeah, you can. Uh, yep. <laughs> absolutely. I want to say I, I've changed my, my, my wishes for like what I see coming up and I don't necessarily mm-hmm. want to see all the superheroes tripping on absinthe but now i want to see the absinthe being served at the serial killer convention and what that breeds um just because i mean you know for chaos right yep the best chaos can be found in that direction i agree um really should have sent tabitha text honestly but sure um this fits this yes. fits Jughead. It's very Jughead. He probably typed it on his typewriter. <laughs> that, that that fits. That's very Jughead. Yes, it does. It also gives so the last start to leave. When we were last in the bunker, we were locking Rivervale Jughead right, to write all realities into the bunker. So, like, this is a place where the, the, the space between is thin. And we have Jughead hearing quotes from Riverdale. Rivervale. I didn't know you were that into comics. Yeah. It's all Riverdale. And it's bleeding through. So, psych- like, what a lovely new level up to Jughead's powers. Oh, What a lovely thing to have that black hole right there. The black hole of the tunnel. Yes. Mm. Fabulous use of that set. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I am comfortably carried on through this episode with the excitement of the last two. It feels like a cohesive whole, and we're moving together. And I, uh, I'm not thrown off the train by any jarring changes yet. Yet. Nor I. And I'm, <laughs> I'm enjoying where we're gonna sit for a while, right? Like I'm curious. Yeah. I'm intrigued. I'm in the story, and yet I, I'm not. I, I can, I have patience, you know, there's nothing mm-hmm. so pressing that uh, I have to have my next episode. Now we have not yes. ended at, you know, everybody's in lockdown. And I mean, this is before, of course, we knew what lockdown looked like, but <laughs> of course, you know, it's a nice place to sit for a little while while we take this little hiatus. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lots of things to ponder, you know, just lots of things to, to to consider um lots to look forward to this summer i I, yeah i'm i'm enjoying the cohesiveness of this season Mm -hmm. it's yeah the pot the plot ties together so well well that's on what comes next uh, are are we Tony is becoming La Llorona. I don't know how or when, but it's going to happen. What does a La Llorona have for powers outside of, you know, hauling people off to the waters? I don't, I don't know. But um, the folk story is she is a drowned mother's spirit taking vengeance for drowned children, I believe. And... Specifically taking vengeance for lost or stolen or drowned children. So I think that's probably going to be the synergy where she unleashes some supernatural power. The the dynamic of protecting Anthony. Because that was exactly why she made that choice in the Rivervale episode. Is mm, This is the only way I can save my baby. I'm going to become this dark god now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Was it 
Betty she hands her baby to? Yeah, let's go back and rewatch it. I think you're right, um, because Betty yeah. was pregnant and loses the pregnancy, which has mm-hmm. some parallels with what goes on in Riverdale this this yeah. uh most these mm-hmm. most recent mm-hmm. episodes and um with the pregnancy scare and uh mm-hmm. yeah and and then ultimately she's handed a handed a child and um yeah <sighs> oh so much to look forward to i'm excited <laughs> uh so we'll see you in two weeks or so gang um hopefully we carry on this momentum into the last what seven ish episodes of the season six or seven six or seven somewhere around there Thank you for joining us, gang. Till next time.